What's up, everybody? This is the Booch, and this shout out goes to all of the members of the Booch Cast Nation. On behalf of the entire team and all of my affiliates, I would like to take this opportunity to thank you guys so much from the bottom of our hearts for your continued support of the Boochcast. Whether it's wrestling recaps, interviews, politics, variety shows, movie reviews, whatever episodes we come out with, you guys listen, you guys tune in, and you show your support. And it means the world to us. And we're going to commence with this latest episode in just a moment. But I want to take this opportunity right now to let you guys know something really huge that is going on in the world of the booch. I am now officially on Cameo. That's right. The Cameo. The same Cameo where celebrities go and give personal shout-out videos for all their fans. And I'm here to let you guys know that for the affordable price of just $25 you can get a personalized video from me on cameo and it can be for any occasion that you want you got somebody you want me to wish a happy birthday I'll make it happen you want me to congratulate someone on graduating high school or college I'll make it happen whether it's a happy holidays video it can be a gender reveal it can be somebody who needs some motivation you want the boots to motivate you or if you got somebody in your life that you want to break up with I'll help make the breakup happen or if you got somebody in your life that you want to tell to fuck off and you want it done booch style all you got to do is go to cameo.com slash booch 365 there'll be a link in the description box of every episode of the booch cast from now till the end of time go there book your video customize it however you want let me know how you want it done and i will make it happen for you so go to cameo.com slash booch365 right now and book your personalized video today for the affordable price of $25. And now, on with the show. So just how far down do you want to go? Well, we could talk it out over a cup of joe and you could look deep into my eyes like I was a supermodel.
What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of NXT. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, uh, before I get into this episode, I do have to address something right off the bat to um, avoid any confusion, but this week, I am riding solo here on The Boochcast. That's right. It's just me all by myself. I love to be... All by myself on the Boochcast. Which I guess was a clear indication, seeing as how you heard my uh, theme song, you know. Everybody knows that the world is full of stupid people. And oh boy is it. But anyway, the reason I'm solo for this week is because Zach has to go to work on Wednesday because of Thanksgiving. Zach got called into work, and because of my new job, which I'll talk more about in a variety show, go into more detail, basically, I have been working nights all last week when I was originally scheduled to work a morning shift when I originally applied for the job. So assuming that I was going to be working nights for a while, what Zach and I would do is we watch NXT. I would actually watch it on my computer at home, but then I would watch it on my phone as I drive to work. And then on Wednesday, I would pick him up, bring him to the house, we would record, and then I would do my best to edit and get it out there before I go to work at the next shift. That's why last week's episode came out on Wednesday night about 15 minutes before Dynamite came on. That's why it came out so late. Well, this past Monday, I was told to come into work at 10.15 by one of the supervisors. So I showed up at 10.15, and when I get there, I discover that they're now forcing the morning people to actually work mornings, which I actually prefer doing because, like I said, I signed up to work the mornings. I'm a comedian. I'm a performer. I need my nights. So they told me to leave and come back at 1 a.m. Well, since it's a long drive to the place that I work at, which, as I mentioned before, I'll reveal more about on a future variety show. Now, it won't be the next variety show that I post because Zach and I recorded one a while back that I still need to edit and put out, so... It won't be on that one, but the one after that is where I'll talk more about the new job. I might also reveal it during my uh, year in review as well. So because it's a long drive to the place, I just sat in my car for a couple of hours and then went in at 1 a.m. and did my shift. And then I came home. Before I left, I was told by the main supervisor who told me to come back at 1, I would also be working Wednesday at 1 a.m. So at the time that I'm sitting here recording this, it's still Tuesday night at 10.16. In about three hours, I need to be at the new job. Unless I get a crazy text out of nowhere telling me to do otherwise. But for now, I know it's 1 a.m. So at the time that Zach decided not to do the show this week, I still wasn't sure what was going on. Because it was like Monday morning afternoon when it happened. So I tried to tell Zach, okay, well, what time do you have to go in? He said 3 o'clock on Wednesday. I said, okay, well, we can work around that. And Zach was like, no, 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 let me just do next week. And I normally hate when Zach or Gator or even when Elvis or John or Desmond, whenever someone would pull a stunt like that, it would always piss me off. Because I assume that that's them trying to weasel their way out of recording an episode and I would consider that to be laziness and it always pissed me off but because I had so much going on on Mondays I had a comedy show at 5 and I had to be at work and I was already stressed out trying to organize everything I didn't have time to argue with Zach so I just said fuck it I'll do it myself this week but when I got this 1am issue I tried calling Zach to convince him to come over tonight and do the podcast but Zach was already set in his ways and decided he didn't want to show up this week so again I didn't want to argue with him I didn't have time to argue with him because I was trying to get a hold of him even though he was practically sleeping all day because apparently that's what Zach does on his days off he 
he's sleeping the entire fucking day. He just sleeps the day away if he's not hanging out with me. So I just said fuck it and decided to do the show. Zach will be back on next week. And if he's listening to this episode, I'm sure he's going to be calling me and cussing me and wanting to come on the show and have an argument or whatever. But I said what I said. So I'm riding solo this week because of all this craziness. And I'm going to try to get this done as fast as possible before I have to go to work. Although I'm probably going to have to edit this on Wednesday. So even though I'm recording this at what is now 10, 18 p.m., I'm not going to have time to sit here and edit this whole thing before I go to work. So I'll probably have to record this, go to work, come back, and then do this. But either way, that's why I'm alone on the show today. So we're going to kick off this week of NXT with our first official match of the evening, the NXT Heritage Cup match. Noam Dar with Metaphor defends the cup against Chad Gable with Alpha Academy. Now, normally... When Zach and I would talk about the Heritage Cup, Zach's usually going, no, 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 no. Because he knows whenever Noam Dar is doing the Heritage Cup, whenever Metaphor is involved involved in something, nine times out of ten, that segment or that match is going to suck the gay out of Liberace's anus through a bendy straw. Well, I am happy to announce that was not the case here. This is, hands down, the best Heritage Cup match I have ever seen. Chad Gable was able to do something that I did not think was possible. He was able to get an excellent match out of Noam Dar. They were wrestling. They were working. And they weren't just wrestling. They were grappling. This was like Olympic-style wrestling. High school, college-style wrestling that I saw on here, especially in the first round. And it was fucking phenomenal. Noam Dar didn't do any stupid shit. He didn't do any silly shit because Chad Gable would not allow it. And that's what I love. Because Chad Gable with the whole Alpha Academy has kind of become, for the most part, a goofy, silly comedy act with the whole shoosh, shoosh please, or oh, thank you, and, and all that stupid shit they were doing. But now Chad Gable is starting to do the, okay, I'm going to have the silly gimmick, but when the bell rings, I'm going to be serious. Or Chad Gable is showing he can be serious and be a legit athlete when he wants to be. And when you possess that kind of skill, you can get away with silly comedy bullshit if you're no bullshit when the bell rings. So my respect for Chad Gable has gone up tremendously. Now I know most fans out there, your respect for him went up during the match with Gunter for the Intercontinental Championship. But I don't really pay attention to Monday Night Raw anymore so that did nothing to convince me. This match is what convinced me. I love every round, every second of it. And as mad as I was that it ended in a draw and Noam Dar is still the cup winner, it was still a great finish. This was a story being told. This is how wrestling is supposed to be done. It was wrestling done right. It was a fucking work of art to the point where I want to see these two go again. In fact, if I was booking, this is what I would do. Since they already ended this in a draw, I feel like this needs to end at deadline. But because we already have the Iron Survivor challenge matches, and as I mentioned before, it wouldn't make sense to have a match with timing and rounds and all that shit when you already have a 25-minute match over here and a 25-minute match over here. So that's 50 minutes of runtime right there. Here's what I would do for the Heritage Cup. I would have Noam Dar face Chad Gable, no disqualification, no countouts, sudden death. I'd make it a sudden death match, one fall to the finish. Just a no DQ match. And the reason I would make it no DQ and no count out is to guarantee that there is a winner by pinfall or submission. Now, I'm not saying there needs to be weapons or any bullshit like that. I'm just saying no DQ, 
No count out. Let's have a winner. And I would love to see Chad Gable walk out with the Heritage Cup. You do that at deadline. You have a sudden death, no DQ, no count out match. It doesn't need, it doesn't need other, any other fancy stipulation name. Just sudden death, no DQ, and no count out. And just do that. I would love to see that happen. I think that would be the best way to end this at deadline. Then, of course, we hear from uh, JBL, the WWE Hall of Famer, who announces the qualifying matches for the Iron Survivors. And he chooses Carmelo Hayes versus Joshua Briggs. And I love the fact that he wants to see Briggs, you know, have a solo moment because he knows he's a tag team guy. But JBL mentions how he had a great tag team partner in Farouk, Ron Simmons. But he eventually broke away from him and became a wrestling god that I used to hate with a fucking passion in his prime. But he wants to give Briggs that same opportunity. So we cut to the backstage area after that with uh, Carmelo Hayes. And Trick, you know, tells him, hey, I got my match and my win last week. Time for you to get yours. And you you have my back, so I'm going to have your back tonight. But Melo says, look, I appreciate that, but I got to do it solo. And Trick says, look, you know if anybody respects that, it's me. So they kind of dab it up, and Melo goes out to the ring. So based on this segment, it's safe to say that things are good between Melo and Trick. Although it is going to be interesting to see if Melo qualifies how that's going to affect the Iron Survivor. Like, are him and Trick going to avoid attacking each other and just beat up on everybody else to try to get points? And then at some point, if they're tied, they'll have it out before the timer ends. Or are they going to go in with the understanding of, look, it's every man for himself. For this match, we ain't boys, and we're going to do what we got to do and have something like that. So it'll be intriguing to see where that goes. Then, of course, uh, JBL also announced on the women's side he was going to allow Blair Davenport to face via Hale because contrasting styles make great matchups. And he said Blair Davenport reminds him a lot of himself as she'll do whatever it takes to win. And he also loves the energy that Thea Hale brings to the ring. But then we're supposed to move on to the next match of the evening if we even want to call it that. The NXT Women's Championship match. Lyra Valkyra defends the title against Zia Lee. Well, as Valkyria is walking to the ring, Lee attacks him from behind, lays her out with a spin kick, and Valkyria's helped to the back, so the match ends in a no contest. And first of all, I'm pissed off because I'm wondering, why is this match even happening now? This is the only title match. It should be the main event. If you have one match, the championship match, that championship match should be headlining the show. Unless you've got a major story line match headlining the show and that doesn't seem to be the case here so that was kind of fucking dumb and we're kind of thinking is this the end of this match are we not even going to see this or is this an excuse to drag this out to deadline which I would be okay with I would love to see this get dragged out to deadline so we have another big match on the card for the pay-per-view and on that note we're going to move on here to the next match of the evening we got some tag team action we got Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo Los Lotharios versus Malik Blade and Idris Anofi. I'm going to say this right now. I was impressed by how great this match was. Like, legit. No bullshit. I love this match. I didn't expect to, but I did. Both teams did very well. This is the best I've ever seen Blade and Anofi. They had great tag team combos, as did Los Lotharios. It was a tag team match that felt like a real tag team match. They were going back and forth. They were using tag team combinations. They were doing legit spots. I think the only one that looked fake was at one point, um, I think Carrillo was coming off the top with a crossbody and Blade was kind of sitting there waiting for it. Uh, I didn't particularly enjoy that spot. But other than that, everything else looked legit. Everything else looked amazing. Both these teams deserve a round of applause for their efforts. And in the end, Garzo and Carrillo hit their finish for the win. So Los Lotharios have won. And basically they're saying that they hope now they've got the attention of the family. Because obviously they want a shot at the tag team titles. 
Then we checked the backstage area briefly where Lyra Valkyria is getting checked on by the training staff to find out if she's medically cleared to compete. And then after that, we move on to the next match of the evening, a Iron Survivor qualifying match. Carmelo Hayes one-on-one against Josh Briggs. This match was fucking amazing. Welcome to the big time Josh Briggs. He dominated most of this match. I mean, Carmelo was great. He did his part because he's mellow. But Briggs fucking brought it. He was destroying Carmelo at certain points in the match. Throwing him around like a rag doll. Tossing him over the announce table. Just beating the fucking shit out of him. Like, it was... At one point, it looked very one-sided, although Melo was somehow able to fight back. But then, Lexus King gets involved. He hits the ring, and Carmelo gets distracted for a moment as he takes out Lexus King. Brings then hits a lariat and a moonsault off the top rope for the win. So Josh Briggs gets the win, which I thought was awesome, especially with Lexus King interference. If King's going to interfere, it should cost Melo the match. Otherwise, why have the fucking interference? But I, my only complaint was, I felt the moonsault was unnecessary. I think the lariat, the clothesline from hell, should have been enough. Because this is a, another pet peeve that I have with modern wrestling, is I don't like to see big men wrestle like cruiserweights. I know some people out there are going to go, well, what about Bam Bam Bigelow? What about Vader and all that? Look, Bam Bam and Vader were in a class all their own. They were able to get away with it. Somehow, some way. But that doesn't mean that every big man can get away with it. And in reality, if you're a big man, you should wrestle like a big man. Because if you can go out there and do the cruiserweight shit, then why would I be impressed by the actual cruiserweights who do it? You know, people talk a lot about the WCW cruiserweight division back in the day. I know I've said this before, but I always assume there's new people jumping in here. So I feel like I need to say this again. The reason the cruiserweight division worked in WCW is because no one else was doing what they were doing. And it was unique at the time. Now, granted, it wasn't much of a ratings bump. In fact, most people tuned out during those matches, if you look at the minute by minute. So they didn't really draw money necessarily, but they were still good matches to fill the runtime, and occasionally they had storylines attached to them. But in addition to the high spots, they managed to stick in some good quality grapple wrestling in between the high spots. It wasn't just a glorified spot fest like today. But also, the main event guys weren't doing those fucking moves. In fact, in WWE, I can only think of two top main event guys guys that actually went out there and did aerial cruiserweight-like stunts. And that's Sting and Randy Savage. That's it. Other than that, the big guys wrestled like big guys. The main event guys did psychology, storytelling, and working, and did their thing their way. And they let the cruiserweights do their thing. So that way, it felt special. Today, it don't matter if you're a cruiserweight, a top guy, a mid-card level guy, they're all doing the same fucking moves. So it's not as special, and most of the time, it gets fucking boring. When you see the same people going out out and doing the same shit that the last match was doing. So, the moonsault was not necessary. I don't need to see Josh Briggs do a moonsault. It's great that he can do it, but I don't want to see it. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do it. Like Chris Rock said, you can drive a car with your feet if you want to. That don't make it a good fucking idea. But outside of that, I loved everything else that Josh Briggs did. I just wish the lariat had been the finish. And on that note, we're going to move on. We cut to the backstage area where we find out that Valkyria is medically cleared to compete and she's not backing down from Zaya and she owes her a kick in the face. So 100% she's going to defend the title. So now we know this is likely going to be the main event of the evening, which I 
I am happy about because this should close the show. Not because they're women, but because it's the only title match on the card. Next, we cut to Von Wagner going to Mr. Stone's house for dinner. He offers to beat up bullies for Mr. Stone's kids, and Mr. Stone tells him, no, Von, we teach our kids to use their words. Or at one point, they were talking about, you know, they're going to serve asparagus with the pasta, and the kids are going, I hate asparagus. And Von Wagner's like, so do I. And they get mad at him for saying that. The kids are supposed to eat their vegetables. And Von's like, okay, okay. And then he goes, yeah, you're right. You guys should eat your vegetables. And your dad said no fights. Then at one point, the parents go up, the Robert Stone and his wife go up to get something. And then Von Weiner says, give me, give me the names of the bullies. I'll take care of it. And they do a fist bump. And I got to say, I loved this segment so much. Mostly because it reminds me of me. Like, I pictured myself in that scenario, where in this scenario, I'm Von Wagner, Mr. Stone is Desmond, Mr. Stone's wife is Shells, even though technically Desmond and Shells aren't dating anymore, but they still live together and co-parent. And the and the kids I pictured as Dax and Nelly. Even though technically he has two sons, you know, I still picture this as like Dax and Nelly. Like, I can see myself in a situation where, you know, Dax is getting bullied and I tell Dax to beat the shit out of the bull. And Desmond Shell goes, no, we want them to tell the teacher. And I'm looking at them like, are you fucking kidding me? But that's my first thought there. And then also when we're talking about the asparagus, it reminded me of one time um, because Shells is dating this guy named Michael who has three kids from a previous marriage. And sometimes those kids come over to the house. And I remember one time they were serving broccoli with dinner. And one of the girls, I think her name was Selena, she said, I hate broccoli. And I said, I don't blame you. And Shells got mad at me saying, Vinny, you're not supposed to encourage that they're supposed to want to eat their vegetables and I'm like alright I'm sorry even though in the back of my mind I'm like come on they just said they hate broccoli give them a break especially when I've heard them say before that if a kid doesn't want to eat something they don't force them to eat it meanwhile I'm, I'm supposed to encourage them to like broccoli no kid likes fucking broccoli it's nasty but again I'm in their house so I gotta play by their rules but I, literally the whole segment that's what I was picturing and I thought that was hilarious so anyway we cut to now an in ring segment we got Wesley who says he came back for Dominic Mysterio. He wants his title back. He feels like Dominic is a disgrace to the North American Championship. Dominic interrupts and you know, basically says, you don't deserve a shot because ever since you came back, you've you've suffered loss after loss. Hell, you lost so many matches, you just walked away and you feel like you deserve something. But basically, Wesley says that he knows he can beat Dominic Mysterio and all that. So Dominic decides to grant him a rematch, but only if he can beat three other former North American champions in a fatal four-way match and Lee accepts and we find out that the three people who were picked are Cameron Grimes Bronson Reed and Johnny Gargano all three men at one point were North American champions so they qualify for this so basically if Wesley wins he gets the title shot at deadline which is good but here's my question what happens if one of the other three guys win if Cameron Grimes wins does he get to face Dominic at deadline uh, if Bronson Reed wins does he get the shot at deadline if Gargano wins does he get the shot at deadline I kind of want to know these things because what's their incentive to want to win the match? And obviously, Gargano shouldn't win, if that's the case, because him and Ciampa just got back together as DIY, so I don't want to see Gargano with singles gold, but I wouldn't mind seeing Cameron Grimes with the belt again. God knows we haven't seen him on TV in forever. And I wouldn't mind giving Bronson Reed a run with the belt either, because Bronson Reed has proven himself to be a pretty decent worker for a big man. So, that would be great. But for me, I would have preferred if Wesley had competed in a gauntlet match against the three members of the Judgment Day. Have him face Finn Balor, have him face Damian Priest, have him face J.D. McDonough. And if Wesley can beat all three of them, he gets the title shot. 
Because assuming Wesley is going to win this and face Dominic, it would make sense. And it's not like if Damian Priest lost, it would really hurt him. Because as I mentioned before, Priest still has the money in the bank contract. He can lose as many matches as he wants. Once he cashes that in and wins the world title, it will overrule whatever losses he, he takes. So Priest can take a loss. He can take an L. Finn Balor, I don't know that if he could really take an L at this point. Uh, JD can, because JD McDonough's not really special right now. In my opinion, he hasn't been special since he got called up. All the mystique is gone from him. Because instead of being the guy that he was in NXT, where he was, you know, talking about ligaments and the ways to bend them and everything. Now he's just the random dude in the Judgment Day. But either way, the Fatal 4-Way looks like it's going to be um, interesting to see. And obviously, it's probably going gonna to set up Wesley versus Dominic Mysterio at deadline. And it's probably going to lead to Wesley winning back the title. And I really don't want him to win back the title. You guys know how I feel about Wesley, so I won't even go into it. But I got a feeling where this is going, and I know I'm not going to be happy about it. And on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening here. We've got the Iron Survivor qualifying match on the women's side. Blair Davenport goes one-on-one against Thea Hale. This was a great fucking match. This is, again, why I love NXT. Because it has women who know how to fucking work. Which you don't see anywhere else. Occasionally you see it on the main roster. You never see it in AEW. But here in NXT, the women are beautiful. And I just don't mean their looks. I mean their work rate as well. They know what the fuck they're doing in that ring. And it's magical. But these two women went to fucking war. Blair Davenport and Thea Hale. Just great exchanges back and forth. Thea Hale going for submissions. Blair fighting out of them. Um, At one point, uh, Thea Hale gets distracted by the fact that the chase you section has not a not a lot of people in it and b they're not enthusiastic at all which distracts Thea and then at one point she goes for a move and Davenport gets her knees up and then hits a vicious knee strike finisher for the one two three and gets the win which I was glad to see the knees come up because Thea Hale was waiting way too long so for Davenport to take the splash or like the senton whatever the fuck she was doing with that it would have looked fake and stupid because by that point Davenport should be countering and obviously Blair Davenport was going to get the win and all this does now is play further into the Chase U story, which they did kind of review it a little bit about, you know, Andre Chase being under investigation and not having any comments. Although they did announce that next week on NXT, Andre Chase is going to break his silence. So we're going to find out what he's under investigation for, what is happening, and the fact that he, as we know, is cooperating with the investigation. So it'll be intriguing to see what this is and why it's causing the Chase U story students to abandon Andre Chase. And it's really weird. Like, I can't tell if this is a sex scandal or an admission scandal or what it is. But either way, I'm intrigued. And that's what I love most about it. Like, they've been so secretive with this. And there's so many different theories out there. It makes me want to tune in next week just to see what happens. Like, I'm going to be honest. That's going to be the main thing I want to look at next week on NXT is Andre Chase and what he's under investigation for. I'm more intrigued for that than the fatal four-way match and a match that got announced later on that I'll talk about in a moment. But right now, all I care about is what Andre Chase is under investigation for. And I hope it's something good. I'm hoping that after I see this, I will not be on here with Zach going, what the fuck is this stupid shit? I'm hoping it's something I'm going to actually enjoy. And on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening. We've got Eddie Thorpe one-on-one against Charlie Dempsey. All right. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is the part of the show where I gotta be honest, I gotta break a little kayfabe here. During this match, I did see a little bit of it, 
But I got distracted during this match. And I got distracted by Gator. Because Gator was also watching NXT. And he was sending me a bunch of messages during this time. And because I'm watching this on my computer in my studio. Whenever Gator sends me a Facebook message. It pops up as a notification on my screen. So it's going. I'm getting notifications. And I was trying to explain shit to him. But Gator has this habit of not waiting till I respond to shit. He'll just type it. Or rather than type everything in one post. He has to send 30 in a row to make it easier for me to read or if he thinks it makes it easier for me to read but really it's just a pain in the ass because it's going dling, 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 dling. I don't need that shit I don't want my phone to sound like Mario collecting gold coins but basically he went Willy Wonka like apparently the guy looked like Willy Wonka Charlie Dempsey he goes wait is this Tatanka Buffalo uh, he thought Eddie Thorpe was Tatanka Buffalo but I had to explain to him he's William Regal's son Charlie Dempsey and then I said that's Eddie Thorpe and then I said the other guy is Regal's son and a major reason why Regal came back to WWE. He said, is Dempsey for a shoot Regal's kid? I said, yes. And he goes, oh shit, I can see it. Yes, Mr. Bujarelli, I can see it now. I can see clearly now. He's Regal's son. I can see all the sunshine in the way. But yeah, he he enjoyed the match. Although he did say that he thinks Eddie Thorpe needs to throw his punches a little bit more. Like, lay into him a little bit more. So, we did catch that. But other than that, Thorpe got a roll-up for the win. And then, of course, after the match, they beat down on Thorpe. And that's Dempsey, Gabagulak, and Miles Bourne all decide to beat down on Eddie Thorpe. So, I guess they're going to continue this storyline. But, like I said, Gator was distracting me, so I couldn't see a lot of this match. And I apologize for that. Normally, if in a situation like this, I would have Zach cover up and try to walk and walk you guys through it. But as we all know, Zach is not here, so I have to make this awkward confession. So if you're mad, I don't have a lot to say about this match. Blame Gator. Then of course, uh, throughout the night, we're seeing clips of the uh, D'Angelo family getting together to celebrate, you know, the Don and the Underboss regaining the tag team titles. So they're hanging out with the family. They're giving them envelopes of money because that's what Italians do at parties and weddings and stuff. They bring cash and envelopes. And they were also, you know, stuff from all the business they do. In fact, at one point, the Don was like, hey, this fucking envelope's a little light. Okay, he didn't say fucking, but I, it's the only way I can do the accent. Um, And then, of course, after all that, they do a toast. They celebrate. The D'Angelo family are leaving. And then all of a sudden, Los Letharios attack them in the parking lot to kind of send a message. And then as they're driving away, the D'Angelo family says, you want the title shot? You fucking got it. Again, they didn't say fucking, but I have to say it to do the voice. And then, of course, um, Gator was texting me as well throughout all of this. He went, those motherfucking dirty Indians attacked the family. Bastards. I'm coming to the PC, broken foot and all. I'll handle it. Get my fucking wood chipper. Get the chipper. Get the chipper. Motherfuckers disrespected the Don. Yes, Gator, they did disrespect the Don. That is what happened. But they're now going to have the tag title match next week. It'll be the family versus Los Letharios for the NXT tag team titles. Again, with the way they're dragging this out and making this a story, I still would prefer this to happen at deadline. I really wish they would just give them the shot at deadline and then have a couple stories uh, leading up to it. Because, like I said, right now is the 21st. We've got two weeks till deadline. Deadline's on December 9th. They could easily give them the shot, do some kind of like... Like, you know, meeting on Tuesday or maybe there's like a beatdown or a fight. Then you do a contract signing, whatever, and then have the match on the 9th rather than have it next week. I still think that's fucking stupid. But then again, I'm not the booker. 
writer. I'm not on the writing staff, and they keep kicking me out of the fucking room anyway. And on that note, we're going to move on to the main event of the evening for the NXT Women's Championship. Lyra Valkyria defends the title against Xia Li. This was a stellar main event. What was great about it was, obviously, Xia Li came out first this time, which is the way it should always be. Challenger first, champion second. Obviously, they made an exception here because they were trying to do a blindsiding storyline to, I guess, make it look like Valkyria might lose. But she comes out, hands the belt to the ref, and before the ref can even hold the belt up and ring the bell, she's yelling at him to ring the bell, ring the bell, ring the bell, because he wants, she wants to fight now. The ref finally gives up, rings the bell, and then... And Valkyria is just beating the fucking shit out of Xia Li. Shot, 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 shot. Landing multiple strikes. She's firing up. But then eventually Xia Li cuts her off. Hits her roundhouse kick. And then eats one from Valkyria. And of course before all this happens. It is a back and forth knockdown drag them out brawl. These bitches know how to work. And Gator was like you know. Let's go little girl from Iran. Because she gets Ireland and Iran confused. Yay. Iran land. Just like Zach Scott lives at. And of course, um, you know, after Valkyria gets the win, because she hits a modified driver for the win, Gator goes, Iran! Because that's his gimmick. He likes to fuck up countries and things like that. But yes, Valkyria does hit a modified driver for the win, which, again, it was okay, but I feel like she said, I owe her a kick in the face. So I felt like after Valkyria hit the roundhouse kick, that should have been the finish. She steals her finish. Xylee, I mean. One, two, three. Valkyria wins the match. That would have been a better finish than the modified driver. But, again, Again, that's just me being a little nitpicky because that's what I do. I'm an analyst. I nitpick shit. That's what separates me from wrestling marks who come out with a podcast and, you know, bitch and complain for other reasons. I at least have logic to back up my beliefs. I explain it to you how I came to the conclusion that this was good or this sucked. But overall, like I said, stellar main event. There was a story. There was psychology. It was violent. It was playing into the fact that Xylee was pissed that Valkyria did not drink the tea at the tea ceremony last week. And in the end, Valkyria got the win, which is good. But now it begs the question, what is she going to do at deadline? Are her and Xylee going to have another match? And if they do, they're going to have to put a stipulation on it because they've already fought here. So that's why, even though it was great to see this as a main event and it did a great job, I still feel like they should have canceled the match for tonight and had it at deadline. Or they do something where Valkyria snaps, beats the hell out of Xia Lee, and that and then it ends in a no contest again, and then Shawn Michaels can come out or something and announce that they're going to settle this at deadline because you still got to build to your pay-per-view which reminds me they did build a little bit up to deadline with um a moment with uh corbin and dragonoff where corbin talks about how Ilya dragonoff lives his life you know he is you know long ways away from his family he talks to him through a screen he kisses his belt good night because that's all he's got and he's out here living his dream while his family lives back in the uk or australia wherever the fuck dragonoff is from and then i think he's from russia i, I don't know where he's from i can't remember off the top of my head but I know Corbin talks about the lavish lifestyle that he lives that he's got generational wealth he kisses his wife and kids before he goes to bed every night because he actually lives with his family and really trying to you know dig at Dragonoff and mention that the NXT title is the only thing that he holds dear to him and Corbin's going to take it from him because he said that I have burned the ships of my past and what better way to cap off 2023 than to be the NXT champion under the rebranding that I have done for myself and I couldn't agree more I would love to 
see Corbin walk out with the NXT Championship. I think that would be a great cap off for him. I would love to see it personally. And that, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up this recap of NXT. Uh, obviously, like I said before, this was a uh, bit of a short and sweet one because uh, A, I'm by myself, and B, I'm trying to stay under a time limit here so I can get to work on time. So uh, I thank you guys for tuning in and make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Make your favorite hosting site and follow us there or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash the Boochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Make sure you guys check out the male soap opera moment. We have our recap of Crown Jewel that's supposed to be coming out soon and hopefully we'll be able to do our predictions for WWE Survivor Series which is taking place this Saturday. I know there's a lot of Thanksgiving stuff going around so schedules right now are up in the air so we're hoping to do a male soap opera moment to give our predictions for Survivor Series but for whatever reason if shit goes down and we can't do an episode we'll find a way to get our predictions out to everybody and I don't know maybe we'll do something where we either put them out online or create separate videos or whatever the fuck we'll figure it out but we will have our predictions for Survivor Series and all of that will be coming to the Boochcast Facebook page also make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast get the latest tweets photos and videos visit our YouTube channel check out all of our YouTube content and be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted I'm still working on the Dark Side series I need time to uh, record the videos I'm just dealing with a lot right now you know with the new job and my scheduling and trying to get everything together and just I'm really trying to organize everything as well as finish up my research on Dark Side of Comedy so rest assured I'm getting everything organized as good as I can and I'm gonna be getting that content out to you guys very soon just uh in the meantime in between time check out the contents already on the YouTube channel if you haven't already there's a lot on there binge it check it out and be on the lookout for the new stuff coming soon also make sure you guys uh, follow us on Twitch go to twitch.tv slash the boochcast that's where we do our live wrestling watch parties our next watch party will be Saturday November the 25th for WWE Survivor Series now because it is this Saturday as of right now this is where I'm at with with, uh, Survivor Series I mentioned before and I've mentioned on multiple episodes that there's a possibility of me going to WrestleCade with Buff Bagwell uh, on the 24th and 25th of November because a while back it seemed like I was going to well I have an update Uh, this past Sunday I got a text message from Buff and this is what it said he asked me can I go to Dyersburg Tennessee with him on December 2nd which is next Saturday and he told me it's five and a half hours away but up and back same day of course which is good because sometimes I work Sunday nights at the job so that would be easy but I'm always off on Saturdays he said text me the answer and I will call you back tomorrow bud love you Buff I said yeah I can go love you too so Monday I didn't hear from him which was okay because I had a comedy show and you know everything else I had to do on Monday but he texted me earlier today and said put it down we are good to go we will talk after Thanksgiving Happy Thanksgiving. Love you, Buff. And I texted him back. Love you too. Happy Thanksgiving. So as a result of these text messages, unless I hear something different on Wednesday, which would be today at the time you're listening to this or later in the night, depending on how long it takes me to get this done. Unless Buff calls me in the next day or two and asks me to go to WrestleCade with him, which I think I might be available for because I think I'm off for the Thanksgiving weekend from my job. I'm not 100% sure yet. At the very least, I'm off Saturday, but I don't know about Friday and Sunday. If I'm able to go to WrestleCade and he invites 
invites me, then obviously I will be at WrestleCade and the team will have to put together the watch party for you guys. But as of right now, it looks like I'm not going. So if that continues to be the case... Then obviously on Saturday, I will be with Desmond and hopefully some of the team members might join us and we will do a watch party of WWE Survivor Series. So as of right now, at the time that I'm sitting here recording this, which is 11 p.m. on Tuesday, that's what time it is right now at the time that I'm sitting here recording this, I should be hanging out with Des for Survivor Series. So the watch party will be on with me present. Obviously, if something changes, you guys will know about it. So I'm just letting you know where I'm at currently. So I may or may not be going to WrestleK, but I will definitely be going to Dyersburg, Tennessee with Buff on December 2nd. So that's where we're at with Survivor Series and the watch party. But we also have our live D&D show coming soon, our Boochcast booking battle, another special project in the works. And of course, you can support the Boochcast by going to podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. We have our first level, which is 99 cents, $1 per month of our second level which is $4.99 $5 per month the same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock so don't give them money give us money we got better content than Peacock anyway and we got the third and final level you can donate at which is for a mere $9.99 $10 per month same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network description here in the United States. Ever since they sold the Peacock, you got to know where to put that $9.99. So $10.99, bring it over here. We got better content than the network, and unlike the Elite, we actually care about our fans. are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option of paying with your credit card or with GPay. And the best part is, all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We used to upgrade our equipment, we used to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and believes they're to be paid for their hard work, podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then, if there's any money left over, when it's all said and done we use the rest to feed Zachariah Scott his ramen noodles and try to get him laid the key word is try we try we try we try but he makes it difficult on himself I guess the man just doesn't want any pussy and until next time this is Vinny Bucci aka the Booch saying keep on living life and take care this has been the Booch cast we'll talk to you guys next time until then pizza baby <laughs> Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.